Calvin Ridley suspended for one year, Russell Wilson traded to Denver, and Aaron Rodgers signs an insane mega deal. The Valley Sports Talk begins right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Lavalley Sports Talk Podcast, brought to you by the Soundline Network. As always, I'm your host, Chris Lavalley. Hope you all are doing well and staying safe. We're going to kick off the pod. We got to talk about Calvin really being suspended for one year. So, per NFL Network's Tom Pelissero, really bid on NFL games during a five-game period in late November 2021 while away from the team. The league determined that Ridley placed multi-legged parlayed bets on three, five, and eight games that included the Falcons to win. Ridley can apply for reinstatement to the NFL no sooner than February 15th of 2023. He may appeal the suspension within three days. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell penned a letter to Ridley notifying him of his suspension, and I quote, there is nothing more fundamental to NFL success and to the reputation of everyone associated with our league than upholding the integrity of the game. This is the responsibility of every player, coach, owner, game official, and anyone else employed to the league. Your actions put the integrity of the game at risk, threaten to damage public confidence in professional football, and potentially undermine the reputations of your fellow players throughout the NFL. So Ridley, who is 27, uh, he stepped away from the Falcons prior to week the Week 7 matchup against the Panthers to focus on his mental health. And Atlanta picked up Ridley's fifth-year option for 2022 in January, which was set to pay him $11.1 million. Uh, Ridley's salary will come off the books for Atlanta in 2022. He will no longer, he will, he will no, now be under contract, excuse me, for 2023 when he was previously set to be an unrestricted free agent. So here's the deal. So Ridley, uh, Ridley addressed the suspension in a series of tweets. He started off by saying, I bet $1,500 total. I don't have a gambling problem. I couldn't even watch football at that point. Just just gone be, oh, just gone, be more healthy when I come back. Look, the so why the hell would you put 15? Like, why would you bet? I mean, that's really what it comes down to for me. I, <clears throat> do I think the suspension is a little harsh? I do. I wouldn't suspend him for a full year, I think. A half a year's, you know, dock him a half a year's worth of pay, half a half a year's worth of games, and call, call it quits. I, I do think a, a full year suspension is a bit harsh. But at the same time, I also get the fact that Goodell and, and the NFL in general, they need, to, they need to set a precedent here of saying, look, you guys want to bet on the games? then retire from the league and you guys can bet on all the games you want. And there's nothing in the league from what I've I've done my research. There's nothing that says that they can't bet on baseball games, basketball games, any other sport while they're an active NFL player. They just can't bet on NFL games because it does it, it you it does cause you to question the integrity of the game. Now I understand that Ridley wasn't playing in those games, but it also makes me wonder if you're out on mental health and as he tweeted, I couldn't even watch football at that point, then why the hell are you betting on football? If, you're, if you weren't playing football because you had mental health concerns in regards to football, then why are you even putting yourself in the position to possibly think about football? You see, like, and I'm not questioning that that really doesn't have mental health issues. That's not what I'm doing. But it does make me wonder, well, then what was the whole point of betting in the first place? Again, you... This is this has been my issue with a lot of these these players who have or athletes in general who keep going on these mental health sabbaticals. You know, at first, I think that it's important to bring awareness to mental health. Like players like Kevin Love, who did it years ago, who were, was like one of the first players, and Demar Derozan. 
those guys who who are bringing awareness to mental health that I thought was really important. But then when you've had athletes like Simone Biles, Naomi Osaka, Calvin Ridley, and others who now all of a sudden, or Ben Simmons, who now all of a sudden they have these mental health issues, they're praised for the fact that they have that they're bringing awareness to mental health. But then at the same time, they do stuff to undermine what they're claiming that that they're they're not participating in their sport for. So again, why the hell are you betting on baseball if you're taking a sabbatical from the game? And why would you risk $11 million to bet $1,500? It's just like none of it makes any sense. So again, am I in agreement with the suspension length? No. Do I think that a precedent has to be set? Yes. Do I think a precedent could be set for half a game's worth of pay? Yeah, I do. I, I mean, a half a season's worth of pay, excuse me. I do. I do think that that would have made a little been a little more palatable, at least in my opinion. But given his response on Twitter, I, I don't really feel bad for him. I, I, I just don't. You know, I, I do think that the NFL, somebody put out a tweet. I don't remember who it was, but one of the NFL analysts out there who put out a tweet and they were they were comparing and contrasting this suspension um, as opposed to the domestic violence suspensions that have been uh, given out in the past. And I agree that the NFL has been inconsistent, I think is, is the nicest word to put it, when it's come to the way that they've evaluated suspensions, um, particularly when it comes to domestic violence. But you're comparing apples and oranges, unfortunately. So people who are using that as, as a way to try and defend Calvin Ridley, you're barking up the wrong tree. If you want to, if you want to have a conversation about mental, you know, about, excuse me, about domestic violence and how the NFL needs to be handling domestic violence issues and the suspension that should be levied due to domestic violence, that's one thing. But comparing and contrasting domestic violence with somebody betting on, on the game who's an active player. That's a again. You're you're you are. You're just comparing apples and oranges. It, it, look at look at what happened to Pete Rose in baseball. The guy has a lifetime ban. Now he was a manager at the time, so yes, he absolutely could have interfered and affected the outcomes of games. Calvin Ridley wasn't on the field, so obviously he could not affect the outcome of the game while he was placing the bet. However, you don't know if he was in contact with with his teammates. You, you don't know. He could have texted somebody and said, yo, y'all better, whoever's injured. Like, he could have texted somebody who was injured or playing hurt or whatever and said, you better ball out harder than you ever have before, man. I got money on this game. Like, I need you guys to play harder and better than you ever have before. Now, does somebody giving a pep talk necessarily mean that you're going to play better? No. But it's still, it's still slimy. The fact of the matter is Calvin Ridley should not have bet on, on football. And again, I keep coming back to if you're away from the game on a sabbatical because of mental health issues, why in God's name are you putting yourself in a position where you're going to think about the game that apparently you need a break from? None of this makes sense. None, none of it does. Uh, and I think that that's the, to me, this is more about the underlying story of why was Calvin Ridley putting himself in a position to think about football if he wasn't playing because of mental health? That to me, that to me, that's the story. Not the suspension, not the fact that he only bet $1,500 and now cost himself $11 million in the process, but the fact that he's claiming that he wasn't playing football 
because of mental health issues due to football. And he also tweeted out that he wasn't even thinking about football at that time or watching football at that time, but yet he's placing bets. None of it makes any sense at all. But anyway, more NFL news coming up. Russell Wilson is now a Denver Bronco. The Seattle Seahawks traded the star QB to the Broncos and acquired quarterback Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a fifth-round pick, and also gave the Broncos a fourth-round pick in the trade. Now, Colin Cowherd and a number of other people think that Denver got absolutely fleeced in this. Excuse me, not Denver. Seattle got absolutely fleeced in this deal. How can you say that? I don't understand. I, I, I actually think Seattle made out pretty well. They got two first and two seconds. The reports were that, you know, Philly, when Philly was in the, the market, potentially in the market for Russell Wilson, they were saying, oh, you know, that Russell Wilson commands three first round picks. Maybe he doesn't. Russell Wilson hasn't been to a Super Bowl in years. Russell Wilson has injury issues. Russell Wilson's play has fallen off the latter half of the last three seasons, injury or not. He's kicked off the last few seasons in MVP form, and either he's gotten injured or his play has just fallen off the table once we hit, once we hit Thanksgiving time. Nothing against Russell Wilson. I'm not saying Russell Wilson's not a top, you know, top tier two quarterback, but he's not tier one anymore. I, I, I actually think this was a relatively fair trade. I think Denver got what they wanted which and what they needed, which is a, a star quarterback. They were starving for a quarterback, a good quarterback for years since Peyton Manning left. Now they have it. Denver is now a contender for the AFC West, which we'll talk about in a second. But I think Seattle made out really well. Now, what Seattle does with those picks, that's a whole other ballgame. Seattle has done a horrific job drafting. If their front office's head can actually get on straight... They're, they could rebuild with those picks. Are they going to get a quarterback out of the deal? No, not this year anyway. There, there really isn't a quarterback to go after. But they could next season. And if Seattle is in full rebuild mode, which it looks like they are because they just they just got rid of Bobby Wagner. So then they'll, they'll be a middling team next year. They'll be in the top, what, top seven, top eight for draft picks next season. And they can go after a quarterback then. They can, use the, they can use some of those draft picks that they have now and trade up if they wanted to to get if, if there's a stud QB coming out of the draft next year. So I, I actually think this works out for Seattle. Is Seattle going to be, you know, obviously is this, does this kind of hurt Seattle a little bit? Sure, they don't have Russell Wilson anymore at quarterback. They're going to fall back to earth a little bit. They still have a decent, at least offensively speaking, they have a decent offensive roster over there. You still have DK Metcalf. You still have Troy, uh, you still have Lockett. I mean, you you have weapons. You, you and you just picked up Fant. Fant's not a bad tight end. He just never. The problem was is that his numbers weren't that great because he didn't have an actual quarterback to throw to him. I mean, Drew Lock isn't anything to to sing his praises. And there's plenty of quarterbacks on the open market right now looking for for starting positions. I mean, you can go after uh, look Carson Wentz could end up in Seattle. You could go after Marcus Mariota. There are plenty of quarterbacks out there, uh, Jameis Winston. There are plenty of quarterbacks out there that can go to Seattle and make Seattle halfway decent, at least until Seattle's able to to pull the trigger and go after a, a quarterback. So 
me personally, I don't think that that Seattle got fleeced by any means. I think this was a fair trade. And now we look at now we look at the Broncos and we look at Russell Wilson for a second. Wilson just went from the best conference in the uh, excuse me the best division in the NFC to the best division in the AFC. The AFC is now loaded. Think about the AFC quarterback competition. You have Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. It's insane. It's absolutely insane, the quarterback competition that you have in the AFC. The AFC West alone, Carr's the weakest quarterback in the AFC West. So that means a top 11 quarterback in football is the weakest quarterback in a division. That's insane. That's insane. So the AFC West, Mike, it's just, it's, I can't wait. I mean, I truly cannot wait. I think this is going to be a hell of a year uh, for the AFC. I mean, the, the, I can't wait for the playoffs. I can't wait for the AFC playoffs, let alone the regular season, just because of all the great quarterbacks we're going to get to see face each other. I mean, there's realistically speaking, there is not a bad round that you're going to get of quarterback play come the AFC playoffs. If, you know, everything created equal, if, if, if you think about the teams that'll, that'll very likely be there, the weakest quarterback potentially that it's going to make the playoffs next year is going to be who? Mac Jones? I mean, that's, and Mac Jones is, is only going to get better. So the AFC, as far as quarterback competition goes, it's insane. Now, to talk to the NFC real quick, you want to know who is the happiest guy in the room right now? Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford is sitting back and going, so really my only competition in the NFC now is Aaron Rodgers. That's it. That's the only That's the only guy I really have to compete against. Because who else is in the NFC? Who else is a top quarterback in the NFC right now, aside from Aaron Rodgers? Go through it in your head. Kyler Murray, you want to you want to say Kyler Murray? That's fine, but Matt Stafford is better than Kyler Murray. The only quarterback that is technically better than Matt Stafford is Aaron Rodgers. So that's it. That's the competition in the NFC. It it's just it blows my mind. the The Los Angeles Rams could very well make it back to the Super Bowl just purely based off of the fact that there is no competition in the NFC. The NFC is is a cakewalk for both Green Bay. Green Bay and Los Angeles have no excuses, barring massive injury, to not be in the NFC Championship game next year. I don't care how good the other teams are. Oh, you're going to tell me the Cowboys are going to get there? Don't make me laugh. Don't make me laugh. This, this It's just don't. Don't do it. It's too early in the morning. The Cowboys are not going to get there. So you have, you. it's just, it's wide open. It is wide open for Matt Stafford and the Rams to repeat and or Aaron Rodgers to finally succeed in the playoffs for the first time in over a decade and make it back to the Super Bowl. That's your competition in the NFC. Whereas in the AFC, I mean, you got haymakers going in wild card rounds and the division round. And by the time you make it to the to the championship round, I mean, you've got you're going to be beaten and bloodied. I mean, think about it. You're going to have to go through re- very likely, you're going to have to go through a combination of Pat Mahomes, Herbert, Burrow, Wilson, Josh Allen. Those five alone are going to face each other at some point in the playoffs next season. 
and then still have to face another one. You know, like it's just it's crazy. It is so insane. It it's blowing my mind how the disparity between the quarterback play in the AFC and the NFC. Ah, oh, it's going to be so much fun. I can't I can't wait for football next year. It's going to be great. The AFC West is by far the best division in football. And I don't know if we've ever seen court, the quarterback position be so competitive in one division. You know, we, we've seen it in the conference before, obviously. But in just one division alone, you have four quarterbacks that are all within top top 10, top 11 category. I mean, you could make an argument that Derek Carr's top 10 after the performance that he put on last season. So let's just say that just for argument's sake. Let's say you put Derek Carr in the top 10. Four of the top 10 quarterbacks in football are in the same division. That's just, to me, that's just mind-boggling. So the Green Bay Packers are in my everything is stupid category this week because of the contract that they just gave to Aaron Rodgers. Four years, $200 million, over $150 million guaranteed. Aaron Rodgers won. Okay, he may not have won a Super Bowl ring. Yes, he did win an MVP. But he won the battle against the Green Bay Packers. He wanted to be the highest paid quarterback. He wanted his respect. He got it. Like it or not, whether you like him or you can't stand his antics, you think he's a weirdo, you just you're not a fan of his. He won. He won. He got what he wanted. He proved without a shadow of a doubt that the Green Bay Packers completely screwed up in taking Jordan Love a couple years ago in the draft. And that's what started all of this. A lot of people are, they like to talk about how, oh, you know, Rodgers should be thanking Green Bay for drafting Jordan Love because that that's what lit the fire under him. And ever since they drafted Jordan Love, he's won two MVPs. Sure. Sure. I mean, if that's the argument you want to make, that's fine. You can make that argument. It still doesn't change the fact, though, that the, the Green Bay Packers front office did make a terrible mistake by drafting Jordan Love when they did, when they could have easily went after a wide receiver, running back, anybody, anything to help Rodgers offensively speaking, another uh, an offensive lineman, anything, anything to help Rodgers a little bit would have gone a long way. And he still could have won all those MVPs. Instead, you wasted a, a, a top draft pick on a crappy quarterback that nobody was interested in, except for you. There was no clamoring for Jordan Love in that draft. And the fact that you just overpaid a quarterback who's 39 years old proves that you knew that you screwed up. Maybe not that you screwed up on the fact that you wanted to light a fire under Rodgers' butt, even if you want to make that comment, even, even if that's the argument that you're trying to make. You screwed up on evaluating the talent. That's the problem. If you had taken a different quarterback with that pick, someone who's actually going to turn into a decent enough starter, you wouldn't be overpaying Aaron Rodgers right now. You wouldn't be giving him $200 million over four years at 39 years old. If you even had the hint of a decent enough starting quarterback in this league, and instead you wasted a top draft pick on a quarterback who absolutely sucks. So Aaron Rodgers was right. He was. He was right to be bitter, and he was right to be pissed off about that. Now, does that condone the way that he's been acting? No. Look, Rodgers off the field, I, I've i come around on it. I talked about it last year. I talked about it on uh, the last episode and the episode before that. 
I'm not a fan of it. I don't like the aloof attitude. I don't like the Instagram posts and the the constant need for attention. Aaron Rodgers is LeBron James in a, in a football helmet. Off the field, even on the field sometimes, he's LeBron James, reincarnated. It's this constant need for attention, this constant need to control the narrative. As much as it pains me to say this out loud, Aaron Rodgers is LeBron James. That's who he's become, or that's who he's always been. I don't know. But at the end of the day, the Green Bay Packers giving Aaron Rodgers that kind of money at 39 years old for somebody who hasn't been successful in the playoffs over the last few seasons, he's 11-10 and 10 overall in his career. He's pedestrian. That's Peyton Manning territory. Peyton Manning was 13-11 and 11 in his career in the postseason. Now, Peyton Manning went to four Super Bowls and won two of them. But, again, Peyton Manning was 13-11 in his career. That's that's unfortunately, a, a relatively speaking, it's a that's a pedestrian postseason record. Now, is Peyton Manning a top five quarterback of all time? Absolutely, because again, he's been to four Super Bowls and won two of them. Aaron Rodgers is not in that conversation anymore because he's only been to one, one Super Bowl. Now, he did win it, and he won a Super Bowl MVP. But after last year's playoff performance, I already said that I, I can't in good conscience talk about Aaron Rodgers as being one of the top five greatest quarterbacks of all time. Is he one of the greats? Absolutely. Is he a top 10 quarterback of all time? Absolutely. But he is, in, is he in that hollow ground type of discussion? Is he knocking on the door with John Elway and Peyton Manning and Joe Montana, like right behind Tom Brady? Is he in that? Is he in that category? No, he's not, especially after last year's playoff performance where he completely shit the bed. And that's, again, why I question Green Bay. Why are you paying this guy that kind of money? That's great that he's won back-to-back MVPs. That's wonderful. He can have all the MVP regular season MVPs he wants. But when it comes down to him except, you know, walking into Canton, if he still only has one Super Bowl appearance and one Super Bowl ring, that's kind of a lonely walk, don't you think? The, it's almost, the more I've been thinking about Rodgers' career, It's almost Dan Marino-esque. Now, I know Marino doesn't have the ring, but think about it, though. Like, think about about who Dan Marino was in Dan Marino's prime. Dan Marino was the dude. Like, there, there was no question that Dan Marino was arguably the greatest quarterback who had ever played football when he when he was in his prime. Dan Marino was Peyton Manning before Peyton Manning was Peyton Manning. Dan Marino was a god. The guy went to one Super Bowl. Unfortunately, he lost. He never made it back. Aaron Rodgers has gone to one Super Bowl. He was fortunate enough to win it, but he's never gotten back. Think about the difference in, in with that ring. Think about the difference that that ring made for Aaron Rodgers. If Rodgers didn't win that ring, would he still be considered a top 10 quarterback of all time? You could say that he's, he, I've argued, and I will still argue, that he's the most talented quarterback I have ever seen. He Even above Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers has done things on the football field that only Aaron Rodgers can do. And I've, I will, until I say, until I see something different, I will still argue that to my dying breath, that Aaron Rodgers is the most gifted quarterback I've ever seen. However, 
However, without that Super Bowl ring, Aaron Rodgers, I don't think, is in the top 10 quarterback discussion. So that ring saves him, obviously, from from that purgatory of, of he should be in that conversation, but he wouldn't be. But I do kind of think of his career, if he that's if he doesn't make it to another Super Bowl, and if he doesn't win another ring, he's kind of this era's Dan Marino in a way. He only made it to one, and he never got back. And when you're that talented, and you're that good, shouldn't you have gotten there more than once? Now, I know in the, I, I've said in the past, and I, I've made all the excuses in the world for Aaron Rodgers, the fact that he never had a defense, which he didn't. A lot of time, we've talked about it before. The defenses that, the, the way that his defenses did not show up in the postseason had been criminal. Criminal. His defenses were averaging 28 points per game, which is insane in the, in the postseason. Like, that's nuts. That means Rodgers would have to put up at least three to four touchdown passes every single playoff game in order to win. So yes, it has not all been on him. But this past year, though, this past year, they had the best team all season long. This was the year. We sat back, all of us, all of us who watched football sat back, and in the back of your mind, you had to be, whether you like Rodgers or you can't stand him, you had to be sitting there going, damn, this team's good. Not only is this team good, but Rodgers is playing again on another level. He's upped his game from his last year's MVP season. Like this dude, man, this this, this is going to be an insane game against them and the Rams because that's who I thought I thought that was going to be the NFC Championship game was Packers and the Rams. That's what I thought we were going to see. And instead, he lost to Jimmy G at home in the cold and only put up what was it? 7 points. He scored a touchdown, one touchdown on the first drive of a playoff game at home in a year where you had the best team, you were the best quarterback on the field, you had the best wide receiver in football, all due respect to Cooper Cup, the best, we'll say the the second best wide receiver in football, but I, I do want to give Cooper Cup his props. You had no excuses, None. Because all you had to do was score another touchdown and you win the fucking football game. That's on Aaron Rodgers. That's, that is solely on him. This was his season and he blew it. This was the year above all other years because of the COVID stuff that he had going on. Because of the fact that he had won an MVP the previous year and he got screwed on that last play against the Bucks that cost him a Super Bowl. Because Matt LaFleur decided to kick a freaking field goal and let Rodgers go for it on fourth down. And he should have let Rodgers go for it on fourth down because everybody knew that that was the right play. He got job from not making a Super Bowl the year prior to this year screwing himself. And don't kid yourselves. If the Packers made the Super Bowl, they would have wiped the Bengals off the map. It wouldn't have even been a ball game. If the Packers had gotten to the Super Bowl, it wouldn't like the the game that you saw, the decent game that we had in the Super Bowl this this past year, it you would have been looking at another Kansas City Tampa Bay type of thing. Where the Packers would have just steamrolled the Bengals up and down the field. It wouldn't have even been close. That's how talented that Green Bay Packers team was. That's how good that offense was and that's how good Aaron Rodgers had been all season.
up until the playoffs. So the Green Bay Packers, to me, are absolutely dumb. They've been dumb for years for a lot of reasons, but this puts them on a whole nother level. You're paying a quarterback who bashed you all season, who said he didn't want to be with you, who constantly was flirting with other teams, winking at Mike Tomlin, talking to people in Denver, allowing all the rumors to flow all season long, who had a lot of drama off the field, who continues to have a lot of drama off the field, who hasn't brought you to a Super Bowl in 11 years, going on 12, and over the last four seasons has had arguably the best team in the NFC and has not been able to get you to the promised land. And you're paying him the highest paid, you're paying him the highest contract, particularly for a quarterback, but any player in NFL history. Good luck to you. I look, am I do I still root for Aaron Rodgers? Yes, I do. Can't stand the guy. I, I don't. I don't like him off the field. I've already admitted to it. He's LeBron James reincarnated. Would I like to see him win another Super Bowl? Yes, I would. I, I would I truly would. I've rooted for the guy for so long. It's one of those things where it's 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 like a um it's like any other addiction. You just it, it's you think, you know, in, in the offseason it's really easy for me to talk shit about Rodgers and to sit there and go, ah, oh, I can't stand the guy. But as soon as I turn on football on Sunday come September, I'm going to be sitting there rooting for the guy. I just can't help it. I can't help myself. So yes, I would love to see him win a new, another Super Bowl. But here's the thing. For the first time in his career, for as long as I've been rooting for Aaron Rodgers, I don't have faith that he's going to make it anymore. I don't believe that he's got what it takes to take his team to the promised land. And that tells you something. That, that should tell everybody something. Anybody who has listened to this podcast, who has listened to me over the years, talk about Aaron Rodgers in such a glowing fashion. For me to tell you that I don't have faith that he can take his team to the promised land, that should tell you something. And that, to me, is the reason why I think the Packers belong in the, in the Hall of Fame of stupid. Because you just paid a guy a massive contract who ha- who has proven time and time again, especially this past season, that maybe he's just not that guy who can win you another Super Bowl. So I came on here a few weeks back and I talked about how Austin and I were leaving, uh, leaving Spaceball behind us and we were going to start the MLB Takeover Show. Over at the Takeover Sports Network, we were recruited and we accepted, and that was going to be our new venture. Uh, Austin, unfortunately, due to uh, commitments and otherwise, is um, no longer going to be able to be a part of the MLB show. So that's actually going to be Matt, who is been on Rich Olala. He's been on this podcast many a times. Y'all know who he is at this point. Uh, he's actually going to join me over at the Takeover Sports Network and do the MLB Takeover show with me. With that being said. The owner of the Takeover Sports Network approached me and offered me an opportunity that I couldn't refuse. And that was to take this podcast and also bring it over to the network. And he's giving me the opportunity to do this show twice a week rather than just once a week um, and, and really kind of dig my heels into, uh, into growing this show and, and making it as big as I possibly can. And with that being said, this is going to be the last LaValley Sports Talk 
podcast, at least as far as it's known as the Valley Sports Talk Pod. My new show is going to be called Sports Talk Takeover over at the Takeover Sports Network. And it's it's bittersweet. I mean, it really is. I started doing this this podcast seven years ago. And I started it in my condo. And it was in my in my in my condo in my spare bedroom, and then it ended up moving down to my basement, and that's where the the sideline network kind of began. Was with myself, Matt, and Rich coming over to the house, and we started doing the huddle podcast, and that's really where the network began. Was we had that, and then we had this show, and this show has gone through a lot of changes over the years. I mean, I owe Austin a debt of gratitude. He's he's helped produce this show from the start, and he created the format for this show. He's the one who said, look, man, you've got an idea. You've got a really good thing here, but let's split this up a little bit. Let's split up your show into different formats. And so for the last three years, you've gotten the format. You had my intro. You get my NFL takes. My everything is stupid, and then this, my final my final words or my parting shots, however you want to look at it, my last words for the week. And that's due to Austin. So I owe, like I said, a, a huge debt of gratitude to him for helping me format this podcast and making it into what it is and making it good enough for somebody else to actually want it to be a part of their network. So again, this isn't the end of, this, of the Sideline Network. I'm not pulling the plug on, on the network as a whole. We still have Rich on Lala and we still have the secret stuff. But this is an opportunity that I just couldn't refuse. And um, I'm hoping that all of you who have listened to this podcast, who have been dedicated and loyal, and again, I can't thank you enough for giving me 30 minutes of your time every single week. I, I hope that you will come over to the Takeover Sports Network and still listen and actually view it because it's going to be on YouTube. Uh, that's the, that's the new, um, the new angle of, of bringing my show over to this network is uh, it's going to be both audio and video. So your boy's going to be up on the tube on a regular basis, uh, both for obviously the MLB takeover show with, with Matt and with this podcast twice a week. So you're still going to be able to download it wherever you get your podcasts. I'm always going to make it available that way as well. Uh, but you can also check me out on YouTube and it'll be on uh, the, the Takeover Sports Network YouTube channel. And once I finalize the days that the show will be, uh, the, the shows will be available to you each week, I will let you know. Uh, very likely we're looking at probably a early in the week, Monday or Tuesday, and then again on Fridays is the plan. So once I finalize the two days that the show will be available to you, I will be sure to put that up all over my social media. Uh, so you'll be able to find that. And with that, I'm just going to wrap it up here. I am going to take a week off. So this show is going to be airing the 11th. And I'm going to take the following week off. And then I'll be starting back up the week of the 21st. So the 21st or the 25th will be uh, when I debut on the new network. And as I had said a moment ago, I will keep you apprised when all of this is going to take place uh, up on social media um, whenever I finalize the the date and launch of the uh, of the brand new show.
Alrighty, but that's going to do it for this week's edition of the LaValley Sports Talk Podcast, brought to you by the Soundline Network. As always, thank you so much for tuning and listening. I greatly appreciate it. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And do not forget to check out the latest edition of the Rich Owen Lala Show. We are in the height of our March Madness bracket of hotness. Do not despair. You can still cast your vote for the first round, at least through tonight, because we will be kicking off the the next round of voting next monday so you have until tonight to vote for who you think should still be alive in our madness bracket of hotness we're still in the first round folks it's not too late make sure you cast your votes let us know who you think deserves to move on it's a pretty pretty brutal first round i'm not gonna lie there there is some tough competition there's also some landslides or at least there should be some landslides but we'll see it's all up to you y'all y'all make the decision as to who moves on in our brackets we have given our our picks and our vote for who we think should move on. And you can check that out wherever you get your podcast. Also, do not forget to download the latest episode of A Secret Stuff, Matty D's Fantasy Basketball Podcast. That is also available wherever you get your pods. And that is it. That's all I have for you this week. I hope you all be well, stay safe. I'll talk to you all again in a couple weeks over on the Takeover Sports Network. (laughs) 